0: everyone, this is Dr. Cheryl Feldman, and welcome once again to The Left Code. And as always, it's such a pleasure to have you join me for these very enlightening conversations. And as you know, if you've been listening for a while, and if you are just here for the very first time, I want to personally welcome you to this community, and to really inspire you to join me every week, because this is an opportunity. Every week we get to have phenomenal conversations with extraordinary people who are opening and reminding us of our connection to this infinite potential that we have within us. And that really is what my definition of the spiritual path is. It's being able to just expanding out of self-imposed limitations into this of infinite possibilities. And what does that mean? It means that when we access more of the power that we have, we can transform any situation. We can transform our health. We can transform our uh, abundance. We can transform our relationships. Basically, we can create the life that we have, really the destiny to create and in doing so, we live more from a place of joy, love, peace, gratitude. And that, basically, is the name of the game here. So if you are in a body, this is the game you are playing. <laughs> and every week, the, the wonderful conversations I have are designed to uplift, transform, and most of all, to remind us of that infinite potential. So, again, thank you for joining me for another journey into the Love Code, and today we have Kathy phone with us. Um, Kathy has been a guest in the past, and um, it's just wonderful to hear the uh, transformation that she has been through and the stage of her journey that she's been, that she will share with us and the release of her new book. That basically is um, oh, it's. Name of the show, it's You Made It Up, Now Stop Believing It. So, we're going to have another totally inspiring conversation with Kathy. And just a little bit about Kathy before we jump in. Kathy retired in 2020 from a 36 year federal career to continue her late husband, David Stone's groundbreaking work, The Body Memory Process, to heal childhood trauma by revealing and releasing associated self-limiting and often self-destructive beliefs. So this is such a relevant topic for all of us and I think more than ever before, there is a growing awareness of the connection between limiting thoughts, childhood trauma, and the repeating unproductive patterns we see in our life including the health challenges that we are facing. It all goes back to the unresolved memories of trauma that we carry. And generally, it's unconscious. We, we, we um, operate out of that unconscious programming, which is there to become conscious. So um, without any further ado, <laughs> let me welcome Kathy to the show today. And uh, Kathy, it's great having you back. It's it's been a while since we had our first conversation. I know so much has happened in your life, so uh, welcome back to the Love Code. Yes, thank you.
1: It is wonderful to be here.
0: You know, you have such an inspiring story, and I, I, uh, I want to start with your journey again because um, I'm sure many of my listeners. Are listening for the very first time, or may not have remembered the journey that you've been on, and the bridge that you had to cross out of your own challenges in life to take on this real um, purpose that you now have brought into being with this book and the work you're doing. So, so share a little bit about the your personal journey that has led you to doing the work you're doing now. Yes. Uh, so
1: I guess we could say let's start the the clock uh, when I met my husband to be um back in 1994 um the 4th of July actually you know a mutual friend uh, brought him to my doorstep um it it was very powerful for me because I had been resisting uh relationships i mean i sort of i had turned things over to god in my life except relationships Uh, you know i got that and largely it was my mom i think who thought she had it because um you know she was always (laughs) often very critical of uh, of who i dated and i listened more to her than my heart and i was in my 30s still single and um, things weren't really working well in the relationship department and one day I finally looked up and said, "You know what? I'm just going to turn relationships over to God too." And I felt that shift in myself. And within six months, someone actually brought me to brought him to my my doorstep. Um, she had been saying to me for a while, "You got to meet this guy," and he was. Uh, we were mutual friends of hers, right? And he said to him, "You got to meet this girl." And and you know she was right. Uh, over the course of the next almost three years of dating, we came to realize that um, we were indeed soulmates. And when I met David, he was writing his book on the work that he had created called The Body Memory Process at the encouragement of many of his clients um, who said this is really powerful stuff and it needs to get out there in the world more, more widely. And so I took on at that point and for the next 25 years, I was in largely a supportive role for David, uh, for doing this work. Um, he, when he was writing his book, I said, you know, don't try to organize everything; just stream of consciousness. Get your ideas out there. I'm really good at editing, so I'll go ahead and make, you know, I'll put it together into a uh, uh, into a book format, and um, you can, you know, we'll do back and forth editing. We'll 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 have a book. Um, and then, just in the in the time that um, that I had, that I wasn't working full time for the government, I was doing some promotional work for him, um, because this was of course we're talking about the 90s. The internet was becoming uh, increasingly uh, prominent, but at that at that time, not so much not like it is now. It wasn't all about social media, um, but I was you know just we were like one step at a time trying to get the word more out there, but. We never really got to the point where uh, it it was widely known enough to really, really take off. Uh, But at the same time, David was having phenomenal results with the work by traveling to different cities. Uh, He had organizers in different places across the U.S. where he would come into town, he would speak to a sometimes a rather large group of people, and they would line up to work with him for these three-hour discovery sessions, and uh then you know they would spend the next uh, they would have their homework, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later um, for actually doing the work on themselves to uh, to to be able to heal a lot of what they had discovered. So um you know everything was uh, great twenty five years or so went by, and uh, I, uh, the family uh, found ourselves, we also have two children. Um, we found ourselves in Hawaii. On what was going to be my last assignment with the government. And, uh, unfortunately David became ill, uh, within about four months after we moved to Hawaii and went down rather quickly. Um, I lost him in October, uh, really just before the pandemic hit. And so I found myself a, uh, a widow, a single mom and, you know, th- and my whole life just completely uh, changed um the kids and i you know of course i have a couple of greeting children my daughter was 6 um and uh you know my son was 10 and yes we had children rather later in life <laughs> so i had uh, rather young children here i was face you know eligible for retirement which i decided to do um because once the pandemic hit the schools closed and especially expensive for me to get childcare um so we, um, you know, packed up. I retired. We moved to the mainland, uh, found a, whole, a new home in a whole different um, different area, which ha- actually happened to be Alabama, where David was living when we met, and we have some, you know, had some friends there. So after I got the family settled, uh, I, you know, I always figured that once I retired from the government, I wanted to work along with David with the work because I really love the idea of of uh, helping people. I knew I was doing that with my government job, but I felt like more like a cog in the wheel, um, you know, doing work, it was defense related. I, I knew it was helping to protect our country, uh, but it wasn't really up close and personal like I really wanted to uh, to do. Uh, and so I thought, well, you know, here is this amazing work as there's so much more that could be done to get the word out. Uh, and I thought, well, you know, why don't I do that? I'm, I'm retired and my life is going to be about getting this work out there and taking care of the kids. And I, I took the next couple of years to really get that, get the online presence more uh, established and all the work that's done with setting up, you know, social media and, and really getting that online presence, uh, which is still a work in progress. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until, oh, uh, like it was about well, uh, I guess nine months or so ago, that I decided it was going to be important for me to write my own book about the work because the you know the master wasn't here any longer, and I needed to within myself move from that support role in of the work. Um, I knew the work very very well. I had apprenticed. I had done a lot of the work on uh, I had on, on some of my own issues and had had phenomenal results, and I realized that it was, I needed to put myself out there as the expert, and move, you know, it was all with my own mindset of getting out of that support role, and being the face of the work, so (laughs) it's, it's been, uh, it's been quite a journey.
0: Yeah, what a journey, because it seems like, um, um, it wasn't, I mean, you've you've taken on the mantle of this work that your husband was really passionate about and brought into the world, but it's almost like a uh, reluctant heroine, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) You know. Um, So can I ask you, so your 36th career with the federal government, what were you doing there in the government? (laughs) Yes. Well, I was, I was
1: working with defense, um, and so it, it just took me in different, uh, assignments. Um, you know, sometimes I was, I was in a war zone and, and you know, some, sometimes I, I wasn't. I, I was, um, doing, doing work, um, uh, sort of like liaison work with other, um, agencies in the federal government. So it was, it was very interesting. Um, it, it, it's, you know, it's not something that I can can talk about it. in fact I, I kind of um how the work that I did was um you know it was uh, David and I used to say we each have client confidentiality <laughs> So you know, right. um yeah. I, I didn't come I, I didn't come home Claire and talk about <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I didn't talk about my work. He couldn't talk about his, even though we could talk about his without names um, and that's how we we often discuss the work, and I got to learn it so deeply. Um, but yeah, it was um, it's not something that you know it was if I could not interact with the media, you know that type of thing. And now I'm finding myself embracing the media and and you know getting out there and interacting with the public, which um, has been an incredible metamor- metamorphosis for myself because one of the ways that I use this work to to heal some of my own issues um it had to do with being in front of people actually being in front of 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 a group and being able to talk and not
0: you know it's like stepping into your power isn't it (laughs) yes (laughs) absolutely
1: so that's been a big part of my own journey um and uh, i found out why by doing this work there was a uh, experience that i had as a very tiny infant um that was uh behind a lot of the fear that i had
0: your own trauma
1: yes my own trauma uh, birth birth related largely
0: yeah yes well that's so interesting because um um part of my work As a psychotherapist, and it started with my own experiences doing primal therapy many, many, many decades ago, but it it was an experience that tapped into the trauma that I had at birth and how that trauma and the decisions, unconsciously, obviously, the programming we lay down in that early, early time of our life can become a template of how we recreate the world. So I understand birth trauma is a big story for um so many people although they may not yes. you know, understand it right they may not have accessed it but I can identify it for sure uh, in people yes. it's huge yeah But yeah
1: um and, and there's not so, there's not a lot they talk a little bit about birth trauma a lot of times but they talk about it in terms of the mother and not the and not the baby
0: <laughs> right yes yeah. yeah yeah so um yeah, that's it's such a it's, it's such a profound time in the uh, person's evolution this lifetime, I would say. Um, so it's really interesting because you have really taken on the work that your husband started, and obviously with his past, did you know b- before he passed? Did he talk to you about taking on this work and the next chapter of your life, so to speak, and uh, purpose. Yeah. That was not. not you.
1: Yeah. No. Not. It, no. We didn't actually. Um, I, I mean, he knew. I, I told him one one day. Um, I said, you know, I've realized that I really want to do this work with you when I retire. So yeah, it just we'll work as a team. Um, and you know, we we just were like, you know, that's that's really great because we were we are, uh, we work so well as a team, you know, in life and with the family, and it just made sense that we would do that. Um, but, but otherwise, uh, we never talked about it. I never dreamed, um, that I would be living the life I am now without him, you know, by my side. You know, I know he's with me in spirit. Um, but I, I never, I, I'm finding myself doing things that I never, ever dreamed that I would do.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, which is, um, I would say, part of the gift he gave to you by leaving. Yes. Yes, I, nice. I wrote well, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not easy, but it's your journey, your soul's journey. So, so, um, so let's talk about the um, body memory process and um, just help people understand a little bit about what this work is all about and um some of the uh, benefits, how it how it's serving people to release the past, so we can become more of who we are in the present.
1: Yes, yeah, a- absolutely. So I'd like to begin by telling just a quick story um, about David's uh, own journey and how he discovered this work. Um, so when he was um, about 14 years old, uh, David was pronounced dead from double staff pneumonia. There wasn't anything that they could do. They were working with some experimental drugs. Um, but he was in a military hospital and, um, you know, his, his dad said, geez, that's supposed, the monitor is supposed to be doing that. And he, he was, he came back, (laughs) even though that they were pretty, pretty sure that he was gone. And he was, like a lot of people who you read about or you hear talk about a near death experience he knew that he had a purpose um and he didn't know what it was at first but he said that as time went on and the doctors kept telling him that he wasn't ever going to be truly well um that he his life purpose was about exploring what what is true wellness not just uh resisting disease um and uh so he's you know he set upon his um you know, his journey of um, discovery and gathering knowledge and, you know, taking all the trainings that he could um, to, to learn about this. And and this was back in the the days of the human potential movement um, that he had, uh, it was just really starting to come out. This is in the, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, when a lot of books were starting to come out about this. Um, And he, pulled together uh, a lot of information. There were three core underpinnings for the body-memory process. The first is about the power of beliefs to help shape our reality, which comes from a lot of different disciplines, I mean, including religions, and, you know, even science now acknowledges it. Um, So that was one. Um, The second one was the uh, body-mind connection, which – again back in the 70s um if anyone is familiar with Dr. Candace Perk, um she discovered that there is um she actually as a scientist kind of proved the body mind uh, uh the mind body connection because she her research was about neurotransmitters and how they have receptors all over the body and she um you know did a lot of teaching herself and she would say that the body is the subconscious mind and so if there's something showing up in your body, it's giving you a clue as to, you know, what's going on in your subconscious, and that's something to pay attention to. And uh, David came to understand that, you know, there's um, these subtle messages that we get when we have imbalances, that disease is actually an end state where the, you know, messages that the body gives us way in the beginning about being in imbalances have been ignored so long that it just develops, you know, into full-blown disease. Um, So the third underpinning is the consciousness of babies and children, uh, far more than we realized. Now, children are not logical, Um, they're very egocentric, Um, they have a very small world, and it's uh, easy for them to make these leaps in, in conclusion about things that they, they don't even really understand, but they make this decision because that they're the center of their own world. They very believe that whatever's going on is because of them um over uh for over thirty years uh working with clients, David collected a lot of data, including over nine hundred of these beliefs that have been discovered and when you look at them, a lot of them are i am statements. <laughs> Um, Just these conclusions that have come, you know, from um, this period of time where uh, if people are familiar with Dr. Bruce Lipton's work, you know, he talks about the programming before we're even seven years old. Um, David would teach that before we're seven, we've largely decided how I am, how others are, and how life is. And that pretty much covers everything. You know, we're not even seven and we put all of this stuff into place. So, um, you know, through those... The 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 bit about you know beliefs how powerful they are and the fact that we make these beliefs and the fact that we do this in these very tender years, he um you know he put together the body memory process because he was noting that it's not it doesn't even just happen when we're uh child you know young children it happens way back even as early as conception and I know that it it can be hard to kind of wrap your mind about the, around the fact that you know, this being coming into this world can be impacted by how either happy or upset mom and dad are that I'm coming into the world. But it has uh, time and again, um, beliefs such as I am an accident or, you know, I'm not wanted are in, or, you know, these people are carrying around and in... The scenario of the baby in the womb or at birth, or in childhood, the statement of belief is, is really about um, this scenario in this very small world, but when they talk uh, the big world, so, you know, they don't want me, meaning mom and dad, because mom and dad are upset, they're not ready to be parents, and this is all a big surprise. But then they get to being an adult and they don't want me means all of a sudden I'm having difficulties with uh with relationships i mean that was one of mine i know I had a very very traumatic um beginning um with a, a you know a, a birth mother who tried to do a home abortion on me you know before i was uh even out of the the um the sixth month and right about actually right about six months. And uh, so you can imagine, you know, all of that, go, you know, going on for me. And, yeah, yeah, I had difficulties with relationships pretty much, you know, my whole life until David came along. So this stuff is really, really powerful. Uh, and it's one of these things that, you know, David pulled together with uh, largely through, um, through, uh, through his very intuitive, very, um, just the man was brilliant, and he he pulled the stuff together. And he'll tell people when when you know when he was talking to groups, he'd say, "I don't claim to have the uh, you know that all of this is original." He says most of it has come from different things that you can read about more if you want to learn more about it. You know what he did is pull it together in a way that people can discover what their beliefs are, and then there's a process to be able to let them go, and that is the essence of the body memory process as both a discovery
0: and a healing tool. Wow. So that's so, you know, so important. And um, I, I think it's, you know, worth emphasizing to um, to everyone that if you're running a pattern, if something is occurring more than once in your life, um, if you react to something, and you know, more than once, if it's a recurring stimulus, you know, you keep getting activated or this person just keeps driving you crazy and you still react. That's a message that it's triggering an old unconscious memory because if it wasn't a program that you've been running, you wouldn't have that emotion, that continuous emotional reaction and also continually bringing it into your life, right? This is, this is what it's telling yes. us, which is, which is such a big part of the wake-up call for people to really do the deep work rather than feel victimized, but really tap into a deeper understanding and unraveling this mystery that we are, that creates our life the way it is. And I can really understand it. And the the emphasis that you said, how far back we make decisions, um, you know, I've experienced that in my work, helping people with birth trauma, and it does go all the way back to conception. We think we used to think babies are blank slates. Well that's uh, an yes. old erroneous <laughs> um model of a reality that doesn't exist and never did. Everything from the from the the consciousness of the parents at the time before conception, at conception, is an imprint of the soul's journey as it takes form in this lifetime. And I, I remember when uh, I used to live in India, and I used to live in a community there, and uh, the the guru was a woman who created a separate community uh, apart from the main community, a separate area that was um, just for pregnant couples, where they could live in a, 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 in this um, beautiful nature setting they didn't have to, they were taken care of, their needs were provided, and they could just spend the time that they were in this cycle, this nine-month cycle, preparing for birth, to live in the most environmentally beautiful, harmonious reality. Because it's known that this is the imprint that we have to begin life with with a conscious being, to bring a conscious being in. Beautiful, right? I mean, what... Oh yes. You know, I, I I I think of women and, you know, so many are put in this situation, I mean, they are working on their feet in the office, you know, up up until the last day, you know? And it's yes. like oh God. you know. If only if only our culture understood how sacred this birthing process was to bring in truly you know, conscious, connected beings into the world. Which I think, you know, how that's what your work is helping people to do. We're on this, we're on this trajectory to make everything about how we live life more conscious so we can live in more harmony and peace and, and have access to more healing. So that's, that's the ideal situation. But this is what, um, you know, with what David's work was about. And so I gather it at, at that stage at 14 he had a near death experience which gave him the direction of his life from that moment on yes you and know, he, um, you know it was like, like he had that uh, you know that that moment of of connection
1: yeah i mean that's what started it for him um and you know he <laughs> If only, if only the rest of us could be that clear, you know, and we're in, uh, that long, that young. I mean, he didn't know really what it was at first, um, but I think that over those next years, the doctors were telling him, you know, you, he had um, the cilia in his lungs didn't work the way that uh, other other people did. He, you know, he ended up living, um, you know, into his early 70s and uh, a very active, you know, very. Very amazing life. So um, yeah, he's like. So he,
0: so he, he, overcame. I mean, he, 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 like so many people are talking to Dispenza and Bruce Clifton. He created a new body. Yes. Yeah. So all had, the old fictions um, that his doctors had that says, you know, in their in their medical model, this is you can't ever change this, and it's just going to be the way you are the work he did um, allowed him to, to, to heal anything, including this incurable condition. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. Nothing is incurable. Yep. So, so, you know, that's inspirational in, in itself, right? That's like, he's like a pathfinder for people who believe they get a diagnosis because the medical model says this is it. And, and even some of the work I've done with Dr. Joe Dispenza, he's, He's shown evidence of people who have had genetic, quote-unquote, genetic conditions that have reversed it and have regained their health. So, so much for being at effect of even our genes. We can change all of that. We can change all that as we shift our consciousness and open up to this, you know, connection yes. to infinite vitality and healing and give a new message. Yes, absolutely. So, oh, so tell us. So, so, let's explore more about the uh, the body memory process because, it, but that that's what your book is about, right? You're in your yes. new book. You're you're ex- expanding and exploring and describing more of this work and the experiences that people have had. So let's let's delve in. Let's give some of those experiences.
1: Yes, so you want
0: me to talk about the book now? Let's talk about the message, yes, and the book. And, well, you know, I I, I think people are probably curious at this point in our conversation. So I thought you said, we'll focus on how does it work, and and let's tie in the book and the purpose of your book.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the, the book that David wrote. Uh, explained the body memory process, and he did it in in his style and i did and at the end of his book, he had appendices that had a lot of information, including um information that was related to uh many of his clients in terms of you know what were their vows, how did it appear in their lives, and uh what was the results after they did the work and it was done in a very abbreviated form though it was um in uh, like a, t- a table in tabular form and there wasn't a lot of, um i probably you know we might have put in some assumptions that people would understand that and that would be enough like okay and, and reading it and that and i think over the years in working with people I realized that it takes a little bit more for people to really be able to grasp some of this, because this is not everyday stuff, right? We don't, <laughs> we don't talk about it. We don't really hear about it a lot. And these inner beliefs are submerged in the subconscious. It's that big, you know, that big mystery, mysterious part of ourselves. So I decided to take some of the case studies and use them in the in a Part one of the book that I wrote called "You Made It Up Now Stop Believing It," and part one is how you made it up. So I took the the again David had collected so much really great information on um, you know with working with people that I was able to take um, I think it's five like the first five chapters of the book uh, five case studies in depth and then there's some references to others later in the book and and talk about um and, and illustrate what was going on for them in in dialogue uh so it was you know written as you know ha- having having the dialogue to find out okay what was going on for them, and through the dialogue be able to teach those underlying principles of how we make it up you know so you know what um what happens at birth, you know how does birth trauma come into play? and um you know how, how how does you know the fact that we create these this pro programming um before we're seven years old um and that's all interwoven into uh into part one um, can you give
0: it could you give a case study Kathy? let's get more specific Let, let's get sure
1: yeah
0: yeah um so let's see i i think
1: perhaps um, one of the one of the most fascinating ones is um, a client that we uh, renamed Frank, who um, had uh, a lot going on uh, that he wasn't happy about in his life, uh, including the fact that he didn't realize why he was doing it, but he would try to pass the buck at work you know, a lot of times, and that wasn't really uh, working well for him because uh, it, it negatively impacts work relationships with his peers. You know, it even, you know, was concerned to his boss. And he uh you know, he didn't know why this was going on and through um through doing the uh the body memory process into in the discovery work, he came to realize that um uh, when he was very young, um, he he had a father who didn't didn't want uh he he went into a rage a lot of times and he uh, didn't like the wrong answer. So it would be better for Frank to say, I don't know, than to have the wrong answer for his father. And in trying, when he was a kid, trying to take the heat off uh, himself, he would say, well, his brothers had talked him into doing something, and his father would kind of storm off to, to go find his brothers. And that was the way that he kind of solved that problem. And that was the way that he found himself sobbing. Of, uh, you know, he was sort of replaying that out at work. Uh, and in the in the book, I tell you know a story of how the you know they're in a sort of an office meeting where the the boss says uh, somebody's been using the copier for personal use, and you know Frank, you're you're you know you're sitting over by the you know your desk is near the copier. Have you seen anything? And you know Frank is very defensive and well. You know, I didn't do it, and, gee, you know, Joe kind of sits over there, too. Maybe he knows. <laughs> um, so this, you know, this example of how we have this thing that happened to us when we were young, and it maybe it worked then, but it doesn't really work well, you know, out, sort of out in the real world. Um and, you know, he had other things going on, like he, uh, he was really upset that he would uh, go home. He considered himself to be lazy, you know, he would – he would uh, go home and be a couch potato, and uh, he realized that uh, he, when he, I would tell him, you know, you know, I wish, I wish you were more athletic, and you know, you're always at home. But he liked to read. You know, he was a bookworm, and that was not necessarily, you know, a negative thing, uh, but he had this idea, that this belief, um, this vow, and. The subtitle of the book has has the word um, vow in it, a uh, powerful body memory process for a childhood vow, hysteria and release. them vows. I use the word I use it interchangeably with belief because a lot of times people can connect with the idea of belief. But the idea of a vow is that you know that's in it that that's really in there in the being as you know this is how I'm going to be in the world. And it is sort of in a, you know, an agreement because this is an agreement with myself. This is a way that uh, I need to survive because it was all, it all came into, into being when we were at that age we were trying to figure out how to survive in the world. So Frank's vows were things like, um, uh, I am lazy, um, life is a struggle, uh, I'm not the one you want because he was trying, again, trying to, to defer the heat um from a a raging father. Um one of them was I would better keep my mouth shut um because he uh didn't want you know, it was it was it was better to just not say anything than um to than to be wrong. Uh, but he also would say, you know, I don't know a lot and again this was all causing him um really a lot of breakdowns at work. Uh, Another one he had, uh, another problem that Frank had uh, was uh, childhood onset diabetes. And he, uh, through the session, it came out that his mom had called him her sweet baby the whole time. If if anyone's familiar with Louise Hay, she talks about um, diabetes often being connected with um, sweetness, either being too sweet or not sweet enough, or there's some issue about being sweet and when um frank did the work of the body memory process he was actually able to get off of uh, the medication for the first time in his life so um it goes into 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 depth about how you know again what was going on when he was a kid and um how this stuff was showing up in his life then uh, you know what were what were the vows that he had that he had discovered and then what were the what was the difference for him um after he did the work
0: Yeah, that's a pretty profound <laughs> example of just how these uh unconscious messages and unconscious decisions actually have huge influence in our lives as we, you know, as we mature, get out of the first seven years, and uh, start shaping our life. So I'm just curious, how, how exactly do you do this process, Kathy? Is yeah, good. well. I don't want to give
1: away too much about what I I can say that it's all explained in the book. Um and I will say that it is uh again in detail I, I, I put the whole uh, the whole process in there. Um I, I will say that it is a um a spiritual, a physical and a mental process. Now David used to say it's about emptying the cup and when he would talk with groups he would tell the story of the master who um you you spent time uh, uh Dr. Cheryl in India right so you might you might be familiar with this story of the you know the great master teacher who was pouring uh, pouring tea and the student was like well I want I want to learn everything I I can from you but I already know a lot and you know I've studied with this person that person and you know maybe I can learn a little bit from you or <laughs> something to that effect and the master kept pouring the tea and he finally and until it overflowed the cup and he said well, you know, what are you doing? Uh, uh, you know, my cup is already full. And the master teacher says, you know, I, so is your mind. I, I can't teach you anything. And the whole idea that you can't put in something new until you empty out what is in the cell memory. That's what this body memory process is about. Um, so there, there is the way to do um, our uh, homework exercises to do Related to the spiritual aspects, the mental and the physical um and again very 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 powerful work the um the spiritual process is done for seven days until you're um and, and that's for for each each person who you're working with um i can I would say it's a forgiveness process which we all know is very very powerful um how powerful forgiveness is and um there in the book I recommend um who would be good to forgive um uh you everybody needs to forgive themselves primarily because when we forgive ourselves we really open up uh, a lot more um a lot more energy to be able to forgive other people you know as well um if there's energy blockages being caused by you know holding on to resentment um, the um, there is a the, you know the mental process has to do I mean the physical process has to do with emptying the cup physically and that is a ninety day process um, kind of related to changing a habit right I mean being you, you're we're talking about uh, cells renewing themselves and uh, we're not uh, we want to put in new information. Um, and not because the cells will renew with the old information unless it's like it's like a computer that will you know go to default unless you put in something new. And um, then there's a mental process that that again has to do with emptying the cup because if we do affirmations, you know I can say I'm a powerful woman all day long, but if I've got you know a whole lot of you know, brain chatter going on about why I'm not. And believe me, your brain will come up with all kinds of evidence. <laughs> it keeps all kinds of track of, of all the things that you've done wrong, and you know uh, that'll all come up uh, when 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 you're working to heal something. All that stuff will come up. So I explain in the book how to deal with that um, and uh, just come out the other side um so so incredibly stronger. Now there are changes that will uh happen uh before ninety days. Um people will um David used to have, you know, so many people who would contact him about, gee, you wouldn't believe what's going on in my life. Um because you start to shift, you know, you're moving energy and you're starting to shift. Um, you know, I think the uh, about um maybe eight weeks in, I think is he is what he said. Um but it's of course recommended to go through the entire 90 days to, to be sure that you're com- being complete, you know, with the with the process. So um, with uh, the book, oh, that's part two. Um, that, you know, how to so the first part is how you made it up. The second part is uh, how to stop believing it, and that's the the explanation of, you know, how to find out where your your pain points are. Then the discovery work. Um, That needs to be done to figuring out, you know, what you know, what are my beliefs, what are my vows, Uh, and then there's the the homework process that's explained. And then there's one more part. (laughs) The third part of the book is about living consciously, because after we've dealt with our unconscious commitments, it's really important to realize that this tool that you used before you were logical to create these non-working beliefs. You can still use it now. It's available to all of us. We, it's not like we stopped creating beliefs. We, you know, we create them our whole life. It's just that during that early time period is when we're creating this core set of beliefs that tend to get to have us until we become aware of them. So really living a life that works well across health, relationships, finance, all of those areas of human concern, is becoming aware of and dealing with your unconscious commitments, and then using this power of creating of of belief to create. Well, what do I want? I mean, there, there's so many of us who go through life be, w- without without actually realizing that we have the tool to to decide what do we want. What's our dream? You know, what do, what do we actually want instead of resisting what we don't want? And so there's uh, some information in the book about you know how to how to do that and there's lots it's, it, there's uh, there are people out there who are explaining that part much more in depth than I did in the book but I wanted to get it in in the third part which is the smallest part of the book to just uh, uh, to awaken people to the idea that okay you've done this work now on yourself there's so much more to do to really get to the point where, where you want uh, it's just that now you won't be having all of these unconscious Commitments getting in your way, like you like you had said earlier about you know these these patterns and these habits that you know, we take one step forward and end up taking two steps back.
0: So this is such a, uh, a a comprehensive model that you've put together in the in your book, which is called "Made." You made it up. Now stop believing it. Um, is it a, is the purpose of this book to give people a, in a sense, a self-help manual to do this process? And um, are you also offering consultations in, with yourself as well?
1: Yes, it, the book is written to be a manual so that people can do the work themselves. Um, even in the first part where I'm introducing the how you make it up there are exercises to do Um, so I summarize the main points from what was learned through this dialogue with the client and then I have some exercises and then the part two of course has the whole process so that in all the questions for the discovery work so yes it is meant um, that someone can buy the book and they can do the work with themselves um I do if uh you know on my website I do have courses too to help people that are you know multimedia um I'm I'm not quite ready yet but I am working now on uh courses that will be um will and have a zoom component uh, so they'll be it'll be interactive with me um I I was doing some coaching and consultations uh, but I stopped doing that because there's so much work that that needs to be done to um, right now for me to move on to the next stage of how I'm bringing this uh, to the world, including speaking and doing, you know, some master classes.
0: Well, I, I have to say, by the way, um, if people want to get Kathy's book or learn more about it. And the name of the book is You Made It Up, Now Stop Believing It, was such a great title go to the website, which is bodymemoryprocess.com, and you'll learn more about it and all of the resources that Kathy is providing. And and what I really want to share with you, Kathy, and I think the biggest inspiration of all for me when I listen to this journey you've been on and what you've created is that you have had to step forward in life to carry on the, the legacy and the spiritual work of your husband, which was not necessarily the initial plan I'm sure he had, but that it's <laughs> it's, it's but it's like this challenge before you to to step into a more uh, visible role, to take on your commitment to further this work, to challenge yourself. And to be out there being, you know, being seen, uh, stepping into your power, I would call it, and to overcome whatever limitations you've had in the past so you can really be such a healing presence in the world. And it's like you're a living example, to be honest, of what this work is about, having gone from such trauma where you, you know, I can only imagine how uh, – that attempted abortion, a home abortion, would have created a decision where you were, you know, the world was so unsafe and you were, you know, so vulnerable and you know, just you can, you can only imagine the vows that came out of that. To be able to put yourself forward, right? To be seen in the world. Yes. Yeah. To um, make yourself visible and powerful and present. Um, that's That's a profound transformation in its own right. And I have to say kudos to you, Kathy, for um, getting past the limitations that you had in the past out of your love and commitment to do the spiritual work that your husband introduced you to, to share it with the world. Uh, Does that make sense to you? Because that's where I'm so inspired by
1: you. It absolutely makes sense. And thank you for that. Um affirmation because uh sometimes you know i i again i have my own I have my own journey, and sometimes I struggle with oh uh, am am I really enough to do this' <laughs> because sometimes it's it can be a little staggering especially as a as a single mom um so yes, thank you for that
0: well it's almost like you're the reluctant heroine, <laughs> but um, <laughs> But, but this is your destiny right and and I know you're uh, you know you're you're finding that path you're building the process you know, you know unless people have had the experience of taking on a vision and then having to put it together piece by piece in the physical realm you know sit down write a book put a website together get out there get the coaching to you know learn how to be a public speaker and then find all the out that's huge commitment. It's a huge commitment. And, um, you know, if you hold on to that vision and and do whatever you need to do to address all the limitations, I recognize that because I had to deal with so much of that fear when I first stepped out, when I was um, releasing my first book. And just uh, like discovering a whole new uh, true part of you—it's truly it's really stepping into your power. So, you know, I, I just really um, honor you for that courage, Kathy, and for making it happen. And and you know, you're just getting bigger and more powerful out into the world. So, uh, you know, I just want you to know that you know you need a good pat on the back because you've birthed <laughs> something quite incredible. Thank you so much. And um,
1: one of the things that's become clear to me is that this is not something that you can only do a little of. Um, I I mean, I tried it at first. I thought, well, you yeah, know, put the course out there and see what happens. And, and that's not not it at all. It wasn't until I fully committed and said I'm all in that things really started to shift and, and open up. Um, and I, I think that we can all learn from this, and, and whatever it is that you're interested in, whatever is your dream, it, it's about entirely investing yourself in it, not about dipping a toe in.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, when you're really called to your purpose, then uh, you don't really have much of a choice. You know, you can uh, try to put off the inevitable, but your life isn't going to work until you really, you know, embrace that purpose. And, and, you know, I, I just have to say that this uh, process that you put together is so profound because it's um, providing that step-by-step guidance to, in a sense, clearing the, 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 the levels of confusion that people have when they don't understand why their life is expressing itself as it is. The frustrations, the unfulfillment, the illness. And um, this is such a beautiful roadmap to help people begin this process and to go deeper and create the change and create the life they want, which is, you know, how how we started to show that, you know, our true spiritual nature is learning as we expand our awareness and release the limitations that we consciously or unconsciously created, we step into a, a, a new potential and a new reality. And that's everyone's potential. Everyone has that potential, but you have to be willing to go through the entire book, right? (laughs) Like you have to complete it all the way. You have to to complete the process. It's a commitment to change, and you express that commitment by just following the steps that are provided for you, going for it. So um, what an exciting journey you're on, Kathy. I mean, last time that you were on the show, you were – you know, wanting to write a book and maybe put some of it together, but here you are, you know, further down the track with a book, promoting it, getting out in the world, becoming a speaker, um, sharing this uh, profound healing legacy of your husband, and um, um, I, I I, I know he's just very happy smiling down on you. Going, <laughs> yes, yes, Kathy, you can do this. <laughs> yes indeed. <laughs> right. So um so thanks so much. Okay, we just have a minute left. You just wanna kind of give me, you know, one last point and something you want to share before we have to say goodbye on this call?
1: I, I just want your, your to encourage
0: listeners to look
1: within for answers. Um, for whatever is going on. It's not out there. (laughs) Just turning within. So important.
0: Great words. Great words of wisdom. Well, Kathy, so much um, uh, exciting adventures await you. People, please uh, check out Body Memory Process, which is uh, Kathy's website and her book again, You Made It Up, Now Stop Leaving It. And We're having this conversation with Kathy Phone. And, um, right, good, exciting adventure. And uh, for everyone, make it happen. Go do it. Uh, just don't procrastinate. Take a step, take an action step to uh, begin to create the life you want. And, uh, again, we've come to the end of a wonderful conversation. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman. You have been listening to The Love Code. And until next week, may your week be filled with love, in harmony. Bye for now.